It's time for the Power Hour with Sammy Kincaid. Highlighting and focusing on women in sports around the country. From the pros to the amateurs. From high schools to colleges. Call the Power Hour now on the Cure Brand Hotline. 615-844-5600. 615-844-5600. Now here's your host for the Power Hour, Sammy Kincaid. Welcome into Power Hour with Sammy Kincaid. I'm Sammy Kincaid in the Strike and Spare studio, and I am pumped because we have a huge show for you guys today in just a little bit. We will be joined by Chanel Smith-Walker, the team photographer for the Panthers, as well as Jasmine Washington, the creative director, the director of creative and photography for University of New Orleans Athletic Department, and also Ashley Coley, She's the AP for the 6 p.m. Sports Center. We have a jam-packed show for you today. And I just mentioned, first off, we are going to be joined by Chanel Smith-Walker, Team Photog for the Panthers. Chanel, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm definitely excited. Thanks for having me. Of course. I mean, you're you're first up. You got you, you ready for this today? <laughs> Yeah, I feel like it's a lot of pressure. I didn't know it was first up, but I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, no pressure. We like to keep it keep it cool and calm over here. But why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself? Um, so I'm originally from Fayetteville, Georgia. I'd always been into art, um, but I picked up graphic design when I was in high school. Um, and I went to college at Elon University on a full volleyball scholarship. And so once I graduated from Elon, um, I got my degree in strategic communications and digital art, worked at some few jobs doing graphic design that ended up getting a GA position at the University of Southern Mississippi for their digital media department for athletics. And then, so from there, that's kind of where my career took off. They hired me full-time as their director of digital media um, for athletics. And then I got, social media became my best friend. Um, I got DM from the creative director from Baylor, then became the associate creative director there, moved over to football, and then I got a DM from the director of player personnel from NC State, and then became the creative director there for football, and then I got a DM from the director of recruiting from the University of Tennessee, um, and then came the creative director there, which made me the first like black creative director in the SEC. Um, and so then the previous team photographer for the Panthers have been following me for a while and trying to get me to come there for the past three years. Um, and so this position kind of fell into my lap and I was like, sure, it's a great opportunity. I've always wanted to kind of get more into photography because I've mainly been doing graphic design and then photography on the side. So that's kind of like the expedited version of like <laughs> my career and kind of stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. No, you really, um, I really found out who you were whenever and, Angelia is a friend of mine. Uh, she's in charge of, as you know, but for those that are listening, in charge of recruiting over at University of Tennessee. And um, so that's whenever I really heard your name for the first time. And she was saying, yeah, th this girl, she really has taken social media by storm just because of everything you are doing to not only help women in the industry, but also women of color or people of color in the industry. You really took social media by storm and got a lot of people's attention. So I think that's absolutely incredible what you've been doing just to help Thank others you. out in the industry. And you said that you played volleyball in college. Mm -hmm. How has that really helped you in your career? 
honestly, um, it made me more relatable. I think it made it easier for me to tell athletes' stories or what questions to ask them to kind of get a deeper understanding of what social media content they wanted or just or their or to find hidden stories that they may not feel comfortable talking to coaches about. But because I come from that background of being an athlete. Um, it made it a lot more relatable. Then it also helped me figure out what things that I saw that like or content that Elon liked that they made that I liked or that I didn't like. And a lot a lot of things that I first noticed was just even the coloring of how they tend to color their black athletes. Um, they either made us look really dark or like made us look really ashy. And so that was that's something that I always talk about. And when I've worked with a lot of my students, even on the design and photo side, I'm always very cognizant and I'm always making sure make sure you're accurately representing people of color correctly because i know a lot of people tend to want they just focus on the creative vision but that shouldn't sacrifice someone's skin tone because you want to be creative if that makes sense so that's one thing that i that's helped a lot with just being a college athlete um it's definitely helped tremendously absolutely and that's something that probably a lot of people don't think about unless it's happened to you and so it's such a different perspective and really I think opens up people's eyes that are in that same role and they're like wow let me go back and look at my work to make sure that I haven't done that in the past you know so really opens people's eyes when did you know uh, I mean that kind of maybe might have been the time that you realized hey this is something I want to get into but when did you really know that you wanted to get into this role? I honestly really didn't know at all really till I got to Southern Miss because the, th- the thing is about me it's like I'm not a sports fan as in like it's like people are like how are you not a sports fan it's like I don't willingly watch sports like yes I played sports in college and my brother played football in college but I was never really like a sports like fan so I, I never really knew there were jobs like this that existed to be honest um even at Elon it's I, it was I feel like when I started my career roles like this kind of existed but they really only existed for white men so it really wasn't put on my radar to be honest um and so I kind of knew once I got to Southern Miss like oh I kind of like sports because my style I thought worked really well with sports I'm more of an edgier designer and so I was like well the edgier designer style doesn't work for making stuff for Walmart or like Verizon (laughs) it works better in sports um so that's when I was like okay I like sports but then I realized that I just really thought my style worked really well with football and I connected really well with our athletes um and especially a lot of because a lot of them around my brother's age my brother played football my boyfriend plays football and so um I just thought it kind of made a a smoother transition and that's honestly why I got into mainly into the sports design for football not even because I like the sport because but because I think it's great for athletes to see representation in a field that's not mainly by that you don't really ever see black women in um and that's mainly what pushed me to kind of go more into this route not just because uh i wanted just to create art i also wanted to tell players stories and just to show people that they're more than just athletes and more than just a jersey number and so that's the main reason why i really wanted to get in the industry yeah no i think that's so important to note that they are more than what they do on the field or whatever their respective playing surface is. And a lot of people mm-hmm. lose sight of that whenever they're watching the games and they get so, I mean, they get into it and they get mad at those players and who knows what those players are going through off the field because they're people just like yeah. everyone else. So I think that's so important to remember that and showcase that whenever, that's why I love working with the team specifically is because you do get to showcase that. But mm-hmm. if 
if you never were really big into sports and uh, <laughs> what was your major in college? What were you thinking about doing before? So I, so I actually already knew what I wanted to do before I got into college. I was like a huge like art nerd. So like it was like I fell in both realms of like I was an athlete, but like I was in a club called Skills USA in high school and I competed in design competitions. So that's the part of the reason why I chose Elon is because they had a digital arts department um, where I could do graphic design. So I always knew that I wanted to be um, a designer. I just didn't know what kind of designer there was. I know what jobs are out there. But my degree is in strategic communications and digital art and I went to grad school for its management um which is very I have an identical twin sister and she played volleyball Elon with me as well and she, we were very opposite she was still trying to figure it out um and changed her major like a couple weeks before we graduated so um but I was definitely one of those kids who, like I knew what I wanted to do what I wanted to major in before even going to college and again you're listening to Power Hour with Sammy Kincaid and I'm on the phone with Chanel Smith-Walker, who is the team photographer for the Panthers. And whenever you were getting your background of how you got to where you are, you said that the Panthers had been reaching out to you for a few years. I think Charlotte's a great town. I think it's such a fun <laughs> town. What was, what was it, though, that made you finally pull the trigger to go there? I think for me, I... I'll be honest, I was very burnt out at Tennessee. I was just like, I needed to like get my head together mentally. Um, and so I was like, I need a change of scenery. Um, and I had only been there for a short amount of time, but I was just truthfully burnt out. And so it was one of the situations where it's like, do I just quit with no job or do I, and, and just because I needed to get my mental health together and then the Panther job came up and I was like, okay, it's a great change of pace as in I was doing heavy graphic design. So to take a, a break from that to move over to the photo side, which I also had a passion for, and then to get into the NFL, that was kind of where I was like, okay, this was just like the perfect opportunity for me to move into a new position because I was just mentally burnt out um, from being at Tennessee. Yeah, no, and it's, I was looking through your Twitter and I saw an NFL article on you and just everything that you've been doing with the Panthers and you said that there's really only a handful of women photographers correct mm -hmm. in the NFL and only two black women photographers is that yeah. that you know of and you being one of those two right yeah yeah it's just me and Kalina and Kalina it's funny because she was actually um like a seasonal photographer for the Panthers before I got here and so then she ended up going to the Cowboys and like a week later I came to the uh to the Panthers so we both like came like literally like right after each other um to find to break she was actually the first black NFL team photographer female team photographer and I was the second and just a week apart so it's, it's actually really crazy that's really cool and here I'm reading it now and you said less than 10 female photographers in the NFL and that's mm -hmm. just so um it's so special that you get to be a part of history and another you mentioned it earlier you were the first black creative director in the SEC and um it's, it's just really cool that you get to I mean it's wild <laughs> that, that in 2022 you're making history for that but I'm sure that's very surreal for you no, it definitely is, um, and I like I, I definitely wear it as a sense of pride because I want to show, like, especially women of color, that it's like, like you, there's so many opportunities out there, and just because there isn't a seat for you at the table, it's like it's okay to create one. And then once you get the seat at the table, it's like open up doors for other women to join you as well. And so that's really my mindset. Any at any place that I go to, whether it's in college or the NFL. 
like I just want to create a space um, for more women of color to 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 um, to get an opportunity to experience what I've experienced. And I saw that you said in 2021, um, you were one of the designers that were chosen for the college football playoff national championships in Miami uh, between yeah. Bama and Ohio State. Tell me about that experience. That was so cool because that was, again, one of those moments that we were the first all-female design team they've ever had. I was the first black designer they've ever had. And it was just a fun process to work with Maddie. She's now at um, TCU as their creative director. But it was just crazy because it, it was a fun experience because we first had to come up with our own style, like not together, because we it, we weren't we didn't come together till we were at Miami. So we're constantly like I like I came up with this design. She's come with her own design. We're like sending it back and forth, like texting, like what if you do tweaks here? What if you do tweaks there? And so then once we got to Miami, like people thought it would be like a vacation. Like no, we were working like crazy, like whether it's like quote graphics, preparing stuff, cutouts, because you just you don't know who's going to win, so you have to prepare both. And then working with teams that you have no idea about. Like, I literally had no, like, didn't really know much about Alabama or Ohio State. Um, so it was just a cool experience, and, it, and it's a cool to just even experience, like, the national championship because I've never experienced it working in college at the teams I've been, the schools I've been at. But it was so fun. It was, it was so fun to collaborate with Maddie, and we're still, like, really close, like, to this day. So it was a fun experience. That's awesome. And recently it was National Girls and Women in Sports Day. And I said it before, whenever Angelia Brummett, that was one of the first things she said is how you help promote other women in the industry, other women of color, people in color, of color in general. Um, and what did you do on National Girls and Women Sports Day? You, you reached out and got quotes from a lot of people <laughs> that are women in the industry, just showcasing who they are. What was some of your favorite quotes or a piece of advice that you got from some of the women that you had reached out to? So many, honestly, there have been so many quotes that I think the one that, it sounds, it's so brief, but just like uh, Stasia, she works with Nike Chicago. The one that she said was like, you're it. She was like, pull your own chair up to the table and make sure you own the opportunity when it presents itself. And that's literally like, what, pretty much what I said just earlier about like, you're it like don't lose that confidence in yourself even if you're the only one in the room that looks like you um and i just love national girls women's sports day i did a, i did a, a did it last year but i did had some of the uh creative women in the industry write letters to their younger selves um and so because i just want to encourage women to you can work in sports and to not lose confidence in yourself because there are times when i've questioned myself or you're just kind of you're just kind of worn down because you're having to fight so many different battles, especially being a woman of color in the industry. And so I just want to put words of wisdom out there for people that I look up to in the industry. And I, I think it's very important that I use a diverse group of women, like every woman that I've used was a person of color, Hispanic, black, um, or even white. And I just think it's important to, to have representation in those fields. Um, and so I, I love doing those every year. Those are always just like a, a passion project of mine. So I definitely enjoy doing those yeah that one was really special that was the one that I actually had pulled up from from her and she said don't let your anxiety or imposter syndrome trick you out of your ability to walk with confidence and on your own path and I just I loved that quote from her um, because it's so true sometimes we do let our anxiety or you think oh I have to do look at what they were doing and I need to I need to be doing that or I need to be doing that better and just just do what you can do like be yourself just yeah. ha pull, like you said pull your seat up to the table um, mm -hmm. so I love that quote from her if you were to give a piece of advice to somebody that's listening that wants to get into the industry what is that one really big piece of advice you would give to them 
Um, I think my piece of advice would be, for one, I kind of like a two-parter. For one, don't always follow the trends. I think especially for young creatives, um, it's easy to fall into the trends of what you see on social media. Have your own voice, have your own belief, have your own standards of what you actually believe in. Um, I think that's so important. And then I think the next thing I would say is that make sure you have the, the right women in your corner. Make sure it's genuine women in genuine relationships. Um, if this sounds, if this sounds negative, but not every woman is always in your corner and that sounds crazy, but it's like, always make sure you have the right person in your corner that's truly rooting for you. Um, because I think that's going to get you a lot further than being friends and or have friends from everywhere. If that makes sense, like find someone who's generally in your corner, that's going to push you to be better. Um, because I think that's so important. I've just seen a lot of situations where people tend to go down the wrong path and say, like, no, find that one that's real, that you can really confide in and lean on them the most. And then that'll help you steer yourself in the right direction. I absolutely love that. There's so many times that it's hard to trust. I mean, in any yeah. relationship you have in, in life, but um, you really got to find your people in the in, in this mm -hmm. industry. And so I absolutely love that piece of advice. And I really appreciate you, Chanel Smith-Walker, again, team photographer for the Panthers. Um, just follow their social and you can really see everything. But if you want to give your social a plug so people can follow along on your journey, what? how can they follow you? So on Twitter, it's Nels, N-E-L-L-E-Z underscore. And then on Instagram, it's just reverse underscore Nels, N-E-L-L-E-Z. Keeping it pretty simple. Well, again, I really appreciate that you joined me and shared with everyone just a little bit about your journey and giving some advice to, because I think we always got to pay it for it. So I really appreciate you. Of course, no problem. Thanks for having me. Of course. Well, stick with us. After this break, we're going to have a whole lot more for you. I said it at the beginning of the show. We have a jam-packed show with Jasmine Washington, Director of Creative and Photography for University of New Orleans Athletic Department coming on, as well as the AP 6 p.m. Sports Center producer, Ashley Coley, joining us to end the show out. So stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. Are you looking for a trusted partner who knows AT&T business inside and out? ABS Communications is an organization built on the premise that telecom solutions and working with companies like AT&T can often be complicated and the customer needs someone to help them navigate through these complexities. They make complex simple. Whether it's helping maintain, manage, or secure your business, ABS Communications is here to help all your business telecom and mobility needs. Their business was built with the goal of simplifying the process of connectivity for the customer and establishing a long term relationship of trust through transparency and accountability. ABS Communications is a top five AT&T authorized agent with over 200 years of AT&T technical experience. You can call Mark and the gang at 615-349-8588 or you can visit their website at abscomcomm.net. And remember, mention the McFarland Show to ABS and you could get up to $250 in a Visa gift card for new ABS business customers. At Total Wine & More, save big on what you love this month with hundreds of deals. Get up to 35% off over 100 different wines and spirits, including Cabernet, Sparkling Wine, Single Barrel Bourbon, and so much more. These savings are huge, and even better, they're on top of prices that are already the lowest in town. Deals this good don't last long, so visit Total Wine & More to find yours. Love what you find at the lowest price, only at Total Wine & More. Drink responsibly, B21. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. If you need a staycation or planning a trip to Music City, stay at Bento Living Chestnut Hill. Voted the best boutique hotel in the city by the Nashville scene. Bento Living is located on the edge of bustling downtown and boasts on-site dining, shopping, live entertainment on the rooftop, and free fitness classes. Come experience Nashville like a local. Visit bentochestnuthill.com to book your Music City vacation today. It's the Afternoon Stretch with Zach Williams and Bruno Reagan. I'm not saying like Derrick Henry is going to be bad. I just don't think he's going to be able to tote the rock 330 times in a season. This did lose a half step. He was getting caught in that second level. And you saw the fumbling. That's what their plan is. We're just going to go in again on Derrick Henry and figure this out. It just seems like the definition of insanity to me. The Afternoon Stretch. Afternoon Stretch with Zach Williams and Bruno Reagan. <laughs> You're listening to the Power Hour with Sammy Kincaid. Welcome back to Power Hour with Sammy Kincaid. I'm Sammy Kincaid in the Strike and Spare studio, and I'm very excited to be joined by Jasmine Washington, the Director of Creative Services and Photography for the University of New Orleans Athletic Department. Jasmine, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm really happy to be Absolutely. And before we dive too much into that, first off, uh, who is Jasmine? Tell, can you tell the listeners just who you are um, outside of work? Yeah, so I grew up in Woodbridge, Virginia. Um, I kind of centered a lot of my life around sports when I was growing up. I was a cheerleader and I ran track. Um, I didn't really know I was a creative person until college, but we'll dive into that a little bit. But I enjoy working out. I enjoy self-help books. Um, and I have a dog named Lux who is who drives me crazy sometimes, but <laughs> I can say he's probably become like a part of my identity at this point. So um, that's just a little bit about me. What kind of dog is it? He's a pit mix, and he's just a lot. <laughs> <laughs> they have quite a yeah. bit of energy, so uh, more power yeah. to you. Yes. That, that's awesome. So where did you end up going to school? Did you end up going to school? You said you didn't realize you were creative. So what did you originally go to school for? When did you kind of switch gears? Yeah, so I went to the University of Maryland. Um, and first I was like, oh, I'm going to go study business so I, become, so I can become an accountant. And as everyone probably knows, like accounting and creative and doing graphics and stuff are on two different ends of the spectrum. Um, one's working with solely numbers and then, you know, doing graphics and stuff. Like I said, it's completely different. Um, so I started college doing business um, and I actually didn't get accepted into the business program. I had to take like some prerequisites and then apply to the business program at Maryland because it's a really prestigious program. Um, and then somewhere between my freshman and sophomore year, I was like, do I really want to do this? Because I took econ. And I was like, I hate this class. I do not want to do this. Um, so once I took econ, I was like, yeah, no, we're not doing this. So I had a conversation with my guy, or my, I don't know if you call them guidance counselors in college, but 
uh, academic advisor. And she was like, you should do communications. And I was like, okay. So I switched my major to communications. And then I actually double majored in criminal justice and technology. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do communications. Like, it's really broad. Maybe I'll end up doing nonprofit work for the legal system. I wanted to be a public defender, then I wanted to be a lawyer. Like, it was a whole thing. I did not know who I was when I was in college. Um, and then I was the president of NAACP um, my junior year of college, and I realized the mental toll that it took uh, because we have a situation at Maryland that happened with one of our football players who unfortunately passed away. And since I was the president of NAACP, I was kind of at the forefront of all of that and it was very mentally tolling so I decided that I was like instead of doing just social justice activism work how about I combine it and try to find a way to do communications and work in sports so then that's how I kind of went from there and here I am now today. I was actually just talking with somebody about how unfortunate events and unfortunate circumstances you can't see it while you're going through it but it's it's wild how it leads you to where you end up being and how you can look back and reflect on all of it I'm sure during that time whenever it was mentally tolling it was like holy cow why am I going through this right now um and then it just led you and opened up some doors to where you are now. So that's an incredible story. And I was pretty curious at first. I thought you were going to try to relate accounting to to sports. <laughs> and I wasn't sure how you were going to do it. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that fell off the window quick. And it's funny because I took accounting in high school. And I was really good in the class. Like, I was probably one of the best students in that class. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. Little did I know, it's just so funny how in high school, they don't expose you to all the different kind of careers that you could really go into. Like, I had no idea that I could make a career out of social media and literally just designing stuff. I had no idea at all. So it was very eye-opening when I was able to kind of step out of my comfort zone when I went to Maryland and um, figure out, like, one, who I really was, and two, that... I don't have to sit and sit down and punch numbers in a computer all day, every day at my desk. So it was, I'm very grateful for the experience. Absolutely. Again, you're listening to Power Hour with Sammy Kincaid. I'm Sammy Kincaid in the Strike and Spirit Studio, and I have with me Jasmine Washington. We're talking about how she's shattered some ceilings. And Jasmine, now as the director of creative and photography, what does, I mean, I know working in college athletics, no day looks the same, but what would you yeah. say, uh, somewhat looks like for you um so there can be a number of different days there honestly there's some days where I do not have a lot to do and it's just because of the nature of social media like there's not always something to post on social media um but that's kind of where the behind the scenes work of my job does play a really big role um so I'll speak on three different things I'll speak on uh what a media day kind of look like what the planning looks like for that a game day and then what like a typical I guess when I'm in the office doing a lot of work day looks like so with media days um that's probably my favorite part of my job I get to plan out all the media days for all of our sports we have about uh nine different sports that we are nine different media days that we have to plan out um and it's a lot of work it takes a lot of creative brain power especially trying to take it up a notch from 
what the, the University of New Orleans used to do. So I'll sit down with the coaches and like kind of talk to them about what their vision is, what they want to come out of their program for the year. And then I take that into the media day. Um, this year, I did a lot of branding with just like the blue colors that we have with the department. And then NOLA's team is something that we're really big on and using New Orleans-esque, that's what I like to call it, <laughs> um, elements like the Fleur de, the Lee, um, the city skyline, and just things like that. So I made a collage background out of that. And then what our media day just overall looks like is when we take pictures of all the student athletes, uh, the stage shots, which we use on graphics and stuff. Um, we make TikToks, we do video stuff for the video board, and if there's any other extra marketing things that my boss would ask me to do. Um, and then, like, on a typical day, like, it could go anything from helping out with ops, like, they'll be like, hey, Jazz, do you have some time to help with X, Y, and Z today? I'm like, sure, like, why not? Um, or just scrolling on social media, trying to keep up with the current trend, scrolling on TikTok, posting any photos or videos that we have that came from any games or anything, trying to focus on the interest stories of the student athletes. So what I do kind of entails a lot, um, but I think that's what I enjoy the most about this job is that I'm not just a photographer. I'm not just someone who goes out and makes TikToks. I get to do a whole bunch of different things and make graphics and um, take pictures at the game. So it's really fun in that aspect. I would say embracing NOLA. I would think that that would be so much fun incorporating everything that New Orleans has to offer. I think that would be a whole, you have a whole lot to work with, with your graphics yeah. when in, when embracing New Orleans. Uh, whenever, yeah. one thing that you said that really stood out to me is that not every single day you can post something, which working in college athletics, you're constantly looking at what other athletic departments and creative departments are doing. How do you mentally say okay it's fine that yes they posted that really great thing but it's okay that we don't have anything to post today how do you kind of manage that and keep that mentality that hey it's okay we don't have something to post today because look at this great thing we have to post tomorrow yeah exactly so at first it was a battle for me um because this is my first job as a creative director on campus. So I would see all these things that other schools are doing, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is great. I can't wait to be on a campus so I can do this. Um, the one thing that I had to realize is we are, we are a smaller school and we don't have as many sports. So being able to just come to terms with the fact that we don't have as many resources as like LSU does, or even Tulane right down the street from us. Like we don't have as many resources as them because we're not and at, like we're not the school's not as big as them um so the way that I look at it is quality over quantity and with the stuff that we do put out making sure that it's providing a purpose whether it's like just entertaining for our fans or it's informative um or it's something where the student athletes and allowing people to see behind the scenes of what the student athletes can actually do uh or getting to know them as like people not just as athletes so that's like, like I said, it was a battle at first. And I was like, y'all, we haven't posted in three, four days. What what am I going to do? And um, sometimes my coworkers be like, it's okay. Like, we don't have that much stuff that's really going on. Like, there was a time period when it was only basketball going on. And with that, they had practices. They were on the road a lot. So we didn't really have access to the student athletes to create content. But that's why the stuff that we do during media day is such a big deal because um, 
we are able to pre-record stuff and just in case we do have a period where we don't post for like three or four days we can be like oh wait we have the tiktoks that we recorded we haven't used them yet let's go back into that um archive put something together and then we'll push something out yeah i love that and i love that you mentioned that they're not just what they do on the on the field and being able to tell their story so people can actually see who they are as a person. Um, I, I think that's so big, and that's the one reason why I personally love working in college athletics is because you get to tell those longer-form stories or show a different side of the student-athlete that a lot of people, they wouldn't get to see if it wasn't for you. So I love that you hit on that. And um, if somebody's wanting to get into this field, what would be your biggest piece of advice to them? I would say um, don't get discouraged, number one, because getting your foot in the door isn't the easiest thing in sports, I will openly admit, but once you do have your foot in the door, making sure that you're building relationships with people, and even before you have your foot in the door, I think it's really important to just network um, and reach out to people, because as big as the sports industry is, it's so crazy to me how everyone knows someone, like, (laughs) no matter what it is in the professional sports world and collegiate even in high school sports like there's some photographers I know that know some people who work for the Saints like it's just such a small world um so being able to really build meaningful relationships and making sure that you're not being transactional in those relationships like be genuine with the people that you meet actually get to know them as people and that can go a really, really long way because I don't think just being a transactional person and when it comes to making relationships in the first place isn't always the best because everyone is more than just what they can do. Like they have a personality, they have like a, a real family, they have a dog, like I have looks. Um, <laughs> so just being able to build those relationships and like I said, do not get discouraged because I know at first I was like, when I was in college, I was like, where the heck am I going to get a job? Like, it's so hard. I applied to so many different places, never heard back, none of that. But following up is also just a really good thing. Like, sometimes it can come off as annoying, so you have to find, like, the good balance of it. But don't just stop reaching out because you – or once you submitted, like, an application, make sure you follow up maybe, like, a few weeks later because you also have to understand the hiring manager also has their own responsibilities that they do have to worry about every day, too, so – I think that's such an incredible piece of advice. And so many times whenever I ask people that question on this show, the relationships, building relationships is the big answer. But I like that you said, don't just be transactional in those relationships. Mm -hmm. Just even saying hi or one thing I like to do is I send a card out, a handwritten card with my business. I put my business card in it, but a handwritten card saying, hey, hope that you're doing great. Hope you have all the success this upcoming season because just that handwritten note just puts an extra personal touch up on it. I don't feel like many people write things anymore. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> but not being transactional, I think, is such a big piece of advice. So I really appreciate you spending time and sharing with me and everyone listening. And hopefully somebody uh, feels inspired if this is something that they want to get into. So thank you again, Jasmine, so much for sharing with me today. Yeah, thanks. And thank you for having me. If anyone has any questions or wants to learn more about the crazy world of sports, I am 
read and talk to people. I love helping people out and mentoring. So, how can people reach you? Um, so my Twitter is. Gosh, I should know this. I have to know so many Twitter handles. I don't know mine off. I have it actually pulled up. I'll help you out. It's at Jasmine underscore wash. Thank you. I got you. I got you. I had it. I had it pulled up for you. So, uh, yeah, the DMs are open. Yes, my DMs are open. Feel free to shoot me a DM. Shoot your shot. You know, as kids say nowadays. Um, And I'll, like I said, I love to help people. So. That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much again, Jasmine, for joining me. And you're listening into Power Hour with Sammy Kincaid. We'll be right back after this break. Welcome to Smashville, home of your Nashville Predators. Join us at Bridgestone Arena Monday, February 13th for the Valentine's Day date game in your college night with Austin P. as your Nashville Predators take on the Arizona Coyotes. Purchase your college night tickets today at NashvillePredators.com slash college nights for a Preds and Austin P. co-branded hat. And don't miss the Thursday and Saturday games against the Boston Bruins and the Florida Panthers. For your tickets, go to NashvillePredators.com slash tickets. Let's go Preds! Say, for the ones who get it done, Granger is offering high-quality supplies and solutions for every single industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and the experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people even safer. So, call, click Granger.com, or just stop on by. Granger.com. For the ones finding new ways to ensure the job always gets done. For the ones wearing many hats. For the ones who are hands-on, even from far away. And the ones keeping business moving forward. We are Granger, Offering professional-grade industrial supplies, plus real-time product availability and access to experts ready to answer your toughest questions. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Everyone knows time is money, so don't wait weeks for the IRS to send out your tax refund. Go to Jackson Hewitt instead for up to $3,500 with a no-interest, no-fee, tax-refund advance loan. With up to $3,500, you could bring home the bacon and bring it home today. Money now instead of later? That's worth its weight in gold. Don't wait weeks for your refund. Go to Jackson Hewitt today. For eligible clients, loans by Republic Bank and Trust Company, details at jacksonhewitt.com. Hey, Nashville, start your day the right way with Bongo Java Cafe, located in the lobby of the Omni Nashville Hotel. Bongo Java is Nashville's oldest local coffee company. Get your day started with a freshly baked muffin and wash it down with a hot cup of dark roast or hair of the dog blend. With free Wi-Fi, you can get some work done while enjoying a toasted breakfast sandwich. Beat the traffic, treat yourself at Bongo Java Cafe, located in the lobby of the Omni Nashville Hotel, 5th Avenue, downtown Music City. 
When was the last time you did something fun with family, friends, co-workers, and clients? What if I told you about a place under one roof that offers affordable entertainment for all ages? That's what you'll find at Strike and Spare Family Fun Centers in Donaldson, Hermitage, Tusculum, Hendersonville, and Murfreesboro with bowling, games, food, drink, and entertainment for all ages. Enjoy an enhanced experience in Hendersonville or Murfreesboro where they feature additional fun with bumper cars, laser tag, roller skating, and more. All locations are open seven days a week, including holidays. Visit online at strikeandspare.com. Strike and Spare, where fun is bowling. It's a Bill King show. Pac-12 football is a joke. It's a laughing stock. It has been left behind by Father Time a long time ago. It has not been prominent in a decade at least. And do you want to know why? God-forsaken leadership. That's why. Weekday mornings beginning at 6 on Sports Radio 560 on 95.9 FM. You're listening to the Power Hour with Sammy Kincaid. Be joined by Ashley Colley, associate producer at ESPN. How are you doing today, Ashley? I'm doing good. How are you all? We are doing great over here, and I, I've been mentioning it. You're the 6 p.m. Sports Center AP, but who is Ashley Colley? Well, I think I'm. I try to make sure that I'm someone who's advocating for women in sports. I feel like I learned that really early on that there weren't a ton of us. Um, So trying to make sure that as someone at ESPN, that as younger females are coming up, that I'm someone who can go to or really anyone in the industry. Um, I'm a former president of the Association for Women in Sports Media, which is a national organization that um, basically just advocates and helps support women. I'm currently uh, the VP of digital, but just someone who... I've had a lot of women in my career help me, and I want to make sure I'm I'm giving back to others um, as I'm in this industry and after I leave, too. Absolutely, and I was going to bring up your Instagram because I saw it for the first time today, and I saw (laughs) that you were the VP of Digital for Awesome, which I was a part of pretty heavily in college. It was, um, or it is, a fantastic place to meet other women in the industry, and the guidance that I got from some of the women through awesome it it was absolutely incredible and um some of the best advice that i got for my career that i still practice to this day um i got from awesome so i think that's fantastic that you are so involved with that yeah i actually started uh we have student chapters and so we're on campuses across the country we're also for professionals and i actually am a co-founder at um, the chapter at the University of Missouri. And so just having that support system in college when, like you mentioned, you're trying to figure out what you want to do and you, you're looking for others in the industry that are like you, um, just being able to do that in college, then I wanted to make sure I was still doing it um, as a professional. And so joined the board um, here nationally after and have been involved uh, since then. Absolutely. And um just going to go through your career now. So we've mentioned you are the VP of Digital for Awesome, associate producer at ESPN. And for those that don't know what an associate producer is, how is the best way that you describe what an associate producer does? Yeah, so the best way is um, you kind of do a little bit of everything, I want to say. You, a lot of times if you're watching SportsCenter, you'll see different videos. So if you see like Patrick Mahomes at practice, we might be – getting that from the field and cutting that VO. Um, Also, a lot of teams are talking, so we might be listening to the coaches and players and cutting that and turning that. 
Um, some days I do longer pieces, like on the 6P, we have an SC report where we, you know, dive into a story that's maybe a little bit more complex and needs a little bit more time. And so I'll work on producing that with um, a reporter and a producer kind of in the field. Some days I'm doing segments on the show. So I'm, you know, uh, before I was on the 6P, I was on NFL Live and I was producing that. So I have good relationships with all the NFL Live talent um, and the NFL is, my, you know, one of my favorite sports to follow. So um, I maybe am working with them producing like, hey, we're going to talk about uh, what do you think the keys are for, for stopping the Eagles often, you know, coming up? Or sometimes I've even been um, blessed enough to produce the full sports center segment. So there's a lot of things you can do, but I think it's really good that you get a lot of experience and hands-on um, while you're here at ESPN figuring out what you want to do and can step into a bunch of different roles. Yeah, whenever I'm – so I work a lot of Vanderbilt games here in Nashville, and whenever I'm doing football, I'm working on the graphic side of it, and it's always the AP that I'm working closely with. And so that's something that you didn't even <laughs> mention in the many, many roles that you do yeah. as an AP. But um, on for game broadcasts, and they're the ones that come in and say, hey, here's this stat. Let's make sure we have a graphic built out for this. Hey, here's this. We need to make sure we have something to support the talent with this with this graphic so that they have something on screen that they can reference. Um, so there's many, many, I was, I don't know if you were listening to the show earlier, but I was talking about SIDs, the sports information directors and just all the different roles that they do. And I feel like APs yeah. are very similar in that same, same thing that they have a variety of roles. Yeah. That's a very good comparison, but yeah, you wear a lot of different hats and you never know which one you're going to be asked <laughs> to do, but always just being prepared and knowing you can, you can do it all is great. When did when did you know? What was the moment that you realized, hey, this is what I want to get into as a career? Um, so it's it's kind of funny because I also like I look back and I notice all these things that like I didn't before. How I used to like shoot videos of me and my cousin doing things when we were little, or like editing different sound things, or creating like posters of NASCAR and Mizzou basketball schedules, like. Those things, I don't think I really noticed that I wanted to do it. But now looking back, it's like, oh, that's things like producers do. Um, I've always liked sports, and I used to call into the local TV stations and report our high school scores. And we had to do a job shadow um, in freshman year, kind of like, oh, what do you want to do? And I, was, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I was like, let me just see, you know, are, are calling in the scores. Like, is that something that they would be open to? And um, the ABC station um, in Columbia, KMIZ, uh, the director there, he was like, oh, sports director. is like, yeah, come on in. And I went to, um, got to meet Gary Pinkle at the time, who I ended up producing his show later on, which is just uh, funny. But he was, like, so open when they were at the event that we were covering. And so as a freshman, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. And so I kind of started to explore that path a little bit more. Like, I love sports is this actually something I could do and actually went back and job shadowed him again uh, my junior year and started to do broadcast classes and got uh, an internship at the NBC station that the university owns and started working out there and it just kind of took off just from a job shadow so if you're interested in anything I always say just ask if you're able to shadow I know a lot of people can do that at any time um, but just you might see that you oh this is what I want to do or oh this isn't absolutely uh, even if you're shadowing somebody for one job, you're going to end up seeing a lot of different roles and you never know what could possibly pique your interest from seeing all of those different roles. And 
you mentioned that you have a love for sports. You have to have a love for sports if you're working in it because you're you're doing it day in, day out, very long hours. Yeah. Where did that love come from, though? I want to say it probably came from my dad and also, like, my mom used to play sports, so I was really involved. Like, I started playing t-ball. I feel like that's a way that a lot of kids can get involved. Um, I, know, I feel like soccer's grown more now, too, but I played t-ball growing up, and my mom used to play, so there was that there. I used to go to a lot of um, movie basketball games with my dad um, growing up, so there was that, you know, going to the high school um, games in our town. I'm from a really small town in Missouri, like, I graduated with 91 people, so, like, those communities, which I'm sure, like, you all are used to, too, like, they're ingrained in you from such a young age that I just feel like I was around it so much that that's how I got my love for it. Absolutely. And we're actually up against a break right now, Ashley. We've hardly scratched the surface with you. So if you could stick with me through this break, I'd really yeah. appreciate it. Uh, again, you're listening to Power Hour with Sammy Kincaid in the Strike and Spare studio. We have Ashley calling on with us, and we'll be right back after this break. Search WNSR Live Video on YouTube and watch the Power Hour Live with your host, Sammy Kincaid. Welcome back into Power Hour with Sammy Kincaid in the Strike and Spirit Studio. I'm Sammy Kincaid, and I have on with me Ashley. Colleen, Ashley, you can't see why I'm laughing right now, but if you could have seen Devlin McKenzie, the producer for my show, how excited he just got over this song. We just changed the intros to the song, to to the show, and um, this is the second week of it, and he gets so thrilled for for this final segment intro. Well, I always forget because it's new. I always forget that it's about to hit, and every time it does, I get so excited. Oh, Ashley, I'm so glad that you could stay on with us through the break. Um, we were just talking about your love for the game and how it really came from your parents and um, being around them playing sports. And um, when was it that you decided – because you've mentioned Mizzou a couple times, and I always, always have like a little cringe whenever I hear Mizzou, but they really do have such a good broadcast program. So when was it that you decided, yes, I love being around sports because your parents put that love in your heart for sports, but when was it that you decided, I'm going to go to Mizzou, which is really what the top broadcasting uh, or one of the top broadcasting schools in the country? Yeah, I think growing up so close to it, it was kind of my only option and my dad went there too so um that was the only one I really looked at also you know I, I played sports and I kept getting injured so I was like maybe I should switch to covering them it seems to be a little bit less um injury prone you know sometimes you have to be head on the swivel on the sidelines but um it was just always like there and I think to getting reps as a high school senior um, it's very rare to do but the, the tv station they own I got an internship where I was earning credit um, through my broadcast program and just being there and seeing how I was able to get immersed immediately, it kind of was a clear answer that like, oh, okay. And they also realized I was a local student. So um, when students leave during break, <laughs> I was obviously still there. So that that obviously helped a little too. Absolutely. And uh, hopefully nobody from my alma mater was listening and heard me saying it. Everything I just did about Mizzou, I had to. <laughs> it, it hurt saying it a little bit, but they really do have a great program there. And as an associate producer, and whenever you're producing, you're really how I like to describe it to people. You're the GM. 
the director is the coach and the talent is the QB. So technically, talent can go go off the rails, do what they want. As a QB, can they can listen to whatever play the coach has called, or they could do whatever they want. Um, and then the coach gets, I mean, the bigger vision from the GM, which is the director getting the bigger vision from the producer. So you really control a lot um, of how the broadcast is going to go. And I feel like it's very key that the producer is always level-headed and stays calm. How do you stay calm during a broadcast? Yeah, I think it's working on developing those relationships with those people you mentioned, so the director and the talent, because hitting the fan, it you know, as long as you all are on the same page, then everything's good. And so I think making sure that, you know, you have a plan or, you know, if things are changing, that you're communicating ahead of time, that you know what's going on. And that, like you said, you are remaining calm because if I get worked up and everyone else is and it's going to show on TV, and I think that's what you want to do is, like, you want to make sure that the viewer at home doesn't know anything's happening. So if everyone else is able to just adjust, they're like, no one at home knows what the rundown is. Like, we've thrown the rundown out a lot of times, and we just go for it when the news happens. And so I think by making sure that that's what you're seeing on TV, that it looks like it's going to plan, um, that's the best thing you can do. And so trusting each other. I know a lot of times, you know, when I was producing NFL Live, it was working with Laura and making sure that we were good and we were saying, hey, we're changing this. Hey, we're doing that. Um, and so making sure you trust each other because if stuff does go wrong, it's not going to come back on you. People are going to be talking to the talent. So you want to make sure also you're putting them in the best light possible. And I don't think you could have mentioned a better talent to work with than Laura Rutledge. Uh, She's a mentor to me, and she's been on the show a couple times. Um, She's great to work with. If you were getting advice to – oh, sorry. Yeah. No, she's great. Like, again, I would say if anyone wants to learn, just watching her, I think you can learn from anything. You know, as a producer, she's helped me. If you want to be a sideline reporter or just a reporter, just listen to the questions she asks. Um, Because a lot of times she's also listening. And so I think that's a big thing that you can learn is, like, listening to what she's asking and how she's reacting to what answer she's getting. And I think that's such great advice. That's what I was going to ask you. What is your advice to somebody that is wanting to get into the industry? And I think listening is so key. Yeah, and I think just watching while you're watching the games, um, I think just listening to everyone in general. So maybe it's the play-by-play, maybe it's the color, maybe it is the reporter. Because uh, sometimes they also, like at the, either the beginning or halftime, you might have two questions. So what two questions are you going to ask? Reading the body language after, how are they reacting? Um, I think just the more you can watch and learn, um, because you might not get those experiences yourself. So what can you take from other people's experience that are going to prepare you for that time? That's something I just say is, like, learn and ask questions. I mean, part of being a producer, too, is I I talk a lot with maybe our graphics producer, maybe our TD, our AD, and I just ask how things work. But then when I'm in my role, I'm like, oh, they need to know this because it will help them. I think it just makes everyone better, too. Absolutely, and we're up against the end of the show so quickly. I want to get, what is your favorite moment in your career? Uh, I think last year when we went to the Super Bowl, we were at Disney, so it kind of combined my loves of Disney and uh, NFL Live, and I got to produce, uh, help produce three shows out there, and it's actually kind of the end of my NFL Live career, so it was a perfect bow, and just that whole show is great, and then I transitioned to SportsCenter, which they're great, so... Um, definitely being there was uh, probably a highlight moment for me. Absolutely. I was going to talk to you offline about your love for Disney. That was something else that I picked up from <laughs> on your Instagram is 
that you love Disney, and I, I'm right there with you. I like to call myself a Disney nerd, still a pass holder, so we'll definitely have to talk about that offline, but I really appreciate yeah. you joining me today, Ashley, and I think you gave such great insight to those that are wanting to get into the industry, and uh, I just appreciate you sharing everything with me today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much, Ashley. And thank you as well to Maddie Fancher for coming on. Thank you all for listening today. Again, Power Hour with Sammy Kincaid. And we'll see you here again next week.